Hello. Welcome to Question Block. Hi. This is a Secret Lofts educational history comedy podcast. So we'll try to tell you just enough history that you can learn something to talk about, but, but keep it interesting. Who are you? I am uh, Wires, DJ Wires, also Wires of, at Wires of NYC on Instagram, but you can call me Alex. Uh, and today, for those of you watching our visual, the video recording, I am dressed as, I guess, Captain Cook, because the Admiral's hat, but uh, I have a shirt, a homemade shirt that commemorates the Mayflower. Uh, and the reason I'm dressed like this is because we're talking about explorers. Yes. Who are you? I'm Ariel Ist, and I guess I'm Amelia Earhart. Oh, at Ariel.ist. You're sort of an aerial explorer in your own right. Exactly. Huh? Yeah. Yes. I don't look up to anyone because I look down upon everyone. Oh, yeah. Much like Amelia Earhart. Yes. Nice. So introduce us. What are we going to talk about today? You looked up details on a ton of lots of you got lots of notes yes so we're gonna well happy mountain day by the way oh today's officially mountain today day. is officially mountain day which is why we're doing this oh why is today mountain day i uh it's a japanese holiday and the character i think the character for the uh, for the 11 it looks like mountain or something and they're like uh, mountains aren't appreciated enough so today is like the day to appreciate them so that's what we're doing, but we're also, we're not just talking about mountain expeditions, we're it's, talking about... It's actually, if I can interrupt, yeah. the, since I have studied basic Mandarin, uh, and they have the same number of characters, uh, the characters for 8-11, August 11th, looks, 8 looks a little bit like a mountain, and 11 looks like a flower, or a tree. It's that's so cute. It's sort of like a cross with, with like a line next to it, so it's very, it's very cute. So yeah, mountain, definitely <laughs> mountain day. Yeah, so we're going to be talking about mountains, the ocean, the land. Yeah, so we've picked out what we feel are the most uh, entertaining explorers to talk about. So really, as long as there's been undiscovered stuff, there have been explorers, obvio. But, uh, and like most exploration journals and everything is written from like a European white perspective because like you don't discover Africa when there's like people living there already. But from the point of view of like, you know, People have, in the 1800s, then yes, you've discovered it. I have unwritten records, though, so we're, we're going to be covering everything. Speak for yourself with your with your Eurocentric written records. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, yeah. So you want to kick it off? Tell us about a couple explorers. So we're going to just go through the history of exploration in general, and then we'll make some pit stops at the the most exciting ones. A lot of them are like disastrous, so they're extra exciting. They get, they'll like scratch that true crime disaster itch that everyone has that I don't really understand. But okay, you're saying there's going to be a lot of failures. Yes. In, you don't explore stuff without potentially dying of like dengue fever on the way. Okay. And if you know, if you have any anything to like pop in here. Oh, those of us on, if you're following along on you, on Twitch, but also or you. Oh, me. I see. Okay. All right. So the first explorer that people talk about is is Harkov, who was an Egyptian who went to Sudan. Then just the Phoenicians, which are, I don't think they're talking about people from Phoenix. Um, I assume not. Yeah, a bunch of retirees from yeah, Phoenix, maybe from like you, know, you never know. Okay. They were an ancient naval company who went as they went as far as Morocco, which is very far from Arizona. So. You know, good job. The 6th century BCE, there was this guy named 
Hanno the Navigator, which is such a cool name. And uh, he went to the west coast of Africa. Then there was uh, Pythias. Hanno the Navigator was from... He's a Greek guy. He's down like... The... I feel like he's um, Mesopotamian or something. Okay. And then the Greek... Because the first Greek Greek guy is Pythias. Yeah. Who went to northern Europe. Which is far. That's very far from like Greece. Right? Yeah. Like an, an island in the Mediterranean. Like Then uh, Polynesians, your, your people... Because <laughs> I'm Hawaiian, yeah. <laughs> they invented this really cool canoe. The dugout canoe. Yeah. Not See, to be confused are. with the dugout, like, weed weed pipe smoking device. They were smoking. I feel like they were smoking that. I feel like they were just chill smoking the pipe on the canoe. Um, and they explored Australia. They had heaps. They had heaps explorations <laughs> in Australia. Yeah, the Polynesians get insanely far. Right. And they like the theory is like, right. People like got to uh, Easter Island in the middle of like the Pacific, like, you know, hundreds or thousands of years before like Europeans discovered it. So they were like they had very good canoes or they were just really good at canoeing and could they go very really far. high. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Because um, to go that far out to sea is like you need to bring a bunch of food with you and water and, and stuff. They have they had spam. So. Okay, you know, spam and pineapples. Yeah, pineapples doubled as weapons. It was great. In eight, well, I guess this like overlaps. Uh, eight, eight ninety to ten forty, there were the Vikings. Yeah, so they so, were just discovering everything. So let's talk about the Vikings. Yes, right, because everybody likes to point out that Leif Erikson was the first European to to set foot uh, in the Americas. Well, actually. This goes back two more generations. So Nadadr discovered Iceland. And as we know, Iceland isn't like, like, as we know, Greenland is the cold one. Iceland is like the poor one with the volcanoes. So, but he, but. Iceland is, Iceland has, what, great pop music in Bjork. Sure. Right. That as well. And Sigur yeah. Ross. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they have little, they have little like. Very twee, twee pop. Elfin pop instruments. But Nadadar, but but Iceland is kind of a misnomer for it. I feel like, but Nadadar named it Iceland because he, he was like, "Yo, it's it's cold. I don't like it." He like, but I I also don't get this because I feel like Vikings are also from cold places. But yeah, he was like, "Yeah, they're from like Scandinavia originally." Yeah, so, so I they kind of go west has. into the North Sea, and then they're like, "Okay, there's more ice over here." Yeah, maybe they they thought it would be warm because it was like sunny there all the time. Okay. Perhaps, um, but and then like his relative or like descendant was was Eric the Red because because uh, he was a redhead. Yeah. So you could also be Eric the Red. I know that's why that's why I read up on Eric the Red yeah. and Leif Erikson. Oh, do you want to talk so. about Eric the Red? Well, Eric the Red was just like uh, I mean, he was like a I guess like a a king or like village chieftain or whatever um, who did some exploring and. He, I don't know that he discovered it, but he like was from. He moved to Greenland. He discovered it. Okay, and he, he called Greenland it Greenland, and, and then moved there because he called it Greenland. Be, also a misnomer because there's nothing fucking green in Greenland because it's cold. It's very cold. 
but he called it that to like encourage people to come there. He wanted people to go there. <laughs> he was a businessman. Yeah. He's like, Iceland sucks, but let's let's all yeah. move to Greenland where it's pretty much the same, but called Greenland. So yeah, he so young Leaf was like five years old or whatever when his his family moved from Iceland to Greenland in the year like one thousand. Um and Leif Erikson uh, traveled around some, spent t- some time with, like, met some, like, Christian missionaries and converted to Christianity. Um, and then uh, Eric the Red uh, was not having it. He, like, disowned him or, you know, there was a big interfamily squabble. Um, Leif Erikson's mom was, like, on board with it because, like, I think it was just cold and sucked. And so they were like, well, Christianity at least promises us, like, a nice afterlife. Um, Yggdrasil. If you go back and listen to our uh, World Tree Viking Norse mythology episode, you can you can learn about uh, their afterlife. But anyway, so so Leif Erikson then goes out exploring himself, and it's unclear. There's like records, but obviously like a thousand years old, so they've been destroyed or whatnot. But like apparently, some other fisherman told Leif Erikson he'd been blown off course in a storm, and there was land further to the west. Um of Greenland and so Leif Erikson went to go find it and he did and then there's another story that they also think is maybe apocryphal or not true that he discovered two stranded fishermen and helped them out which would mean those guys were the first Europeans to set foot in North America but they're not sure they were actually Jesus oh okay the fishermen (laughs) get it yeah well, what did he call? I lo- well, he was super yeah. creative with his naming. Well, he apparently it was very like because he was in Newfoundland, right? But that's what he called it. He called it Vinland. Oh, okay. Which I thought that translated to Newfoundland. Okay, like I thought. I think Newfoundland is just newfound land. Right. That's what I'm saying. Is, uh, I think that Vinland means like fresh and young, and so I think that. He oh, named I think it he that. called it supposedly. Depends on your, I mean, I don't know what podcast you listen to to get ready for this podcast. I read books. Oh, okay. Um, he, uh, apparently there were a bunch of grapevines and there was like wild wheat and grapes growing in that area of Newfoundland. And so that's why he called it Vinland. And then I guess he like, you know, traveled around some more, tried to establish a colony. Obviously it like didn't last that long because then the Vikings later just sort of forgot about or just didn't bother to tell the rest of the Europeans about. They were like, we have operas to go be in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, somehow like word did not get to, you know, the Spaniards or Italians or anyone else. So they later rediscovered North America like 500 years later. They're like, we we have a meeting with Wagner. See see you later. (laughs) They were busy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So tell us about that then. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> as the age of exploration continued because the Vikings okay. just didn't tell anyone or where didn't get out. Yeah, they didn't. They were like chill. They were like, whatever. It's fine. Oh, I was going to say that he he did meet uh, like natives. Uh, Leif Erikson did. He didn't just like show up in uninhabited land or whatever. He he met natives and like uh, I think it like went reasonably well. They were able to like trade. They didn't like descend into fighting like right away or anything. Yeah, the Vikings just sort of knew about it and they're like, all right, there's land over there, but we're busy enough over here in Greenland, so we'll stick Such with a that. dumb place to live. I mean, have you seen the beds there? They look, it literally looks like you're, it, it's like a coffin because it's like a coffin of blankets. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. Well, I think the raiding was a lot better too. If they, like, if, you, if they wanted to go raiding, like the British Isles or like other like, you know, European coastal cities were much easier to like go attack and like take slaves from than 
trying to get all the way back to North America. Well, the next person that I have time-wise is, I'm sure there's stuff in between here, but the next like person that, the next person that people know okay. is Marco Polo. Yes. Uh, inventor of the the famous pool, <laughs> the famous pool, pool game. game. Yeah. Uh, this I think is very, it's very funny because it's been like put this way a lot. That in 12, 1269, the sexiest of years, Marco Polo has the first written records of China, which I think is hilarious because I'm like, don't the Chinese have, because they invented <laughs> like paper and writing. Yeah. Weren't the Chinese just keeping their own, own records? records? And they had like court and whatnot. But yeah, he's the first non-Chinese person to like write about China. Yeah. We said at the beginning, like this is all from the standpoint of like, a British historian in the like Royal Academy of Explorers who's writing this stuff up because that's kind of the lens through which a lot of history is written. So for that guy, he's like, yeah, Marco Polo discovered, discovered China. It didn't exist before then. And he wrote about it. So that's important. Yeah. That's kind of all I have about him. Why did he go to China? So I feel like in the, in this period, people were, they were trying to figure out ways to get, there's like the North, Later, the Northwest Passage. Yeah, the Northwest Passage. There's the Northeast Passage. We were just trying to figure out like better ways to to get places. Yeah, like trade and transit were still really important even back then. And so like, right, the Silk Road existed, right? It's been around for a couple thousand years. So like the Chinese had like a whole like export pipeline and like silk was like a Chinese trade secret, like punishable under like pain of death if you told anyone that like silk came from worms. So like, you know, when they exported silk or tea. Not for lack of trying. Yeah. Or, <laughs> you know, whatever else, you know, dyes and pigments, gunpowder, whatever. Um, yeah. It's like there was like, you know, these whole trading caravans going throughout the Middle East, like like shipping this stuff. So it wasn't like, it's not like Marco Polo alone by himself going through the desert for like thousands of miles. He's like, it's not a highway, but he's on what's effectively a road, basically, like, you know, traveling in like a caravan with a bunch of like other people and a whole traveling party and horses and camels and stuff. Um, and he's like, you know, being financed by like a government to like figure out these trade routes so that they can send their stuff. Like, I don't know. What were the British exporting at this time? Wool? I don't know. Uh, so I don't they really can send care. that to China. <laughs> Um, but it's com- but yeah. commerce drove all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of feel like I'm like, whatever about Marco Polo. I, I like him for the pool game. I don't really know a ton more than like, that's, that's like his thing that he's known. I think people think that he like discovered America or something, but he didn't. <laughs> no wrong, wrong hemisphere. Yeah. I, people say that there's like a, I don't know how that got to be like true. Or something. Maybe he mistook China for America. I don't know. Anyway, um, next person I have is in 1325. Can I give you one aside? Yeah. For a, a fun fictional read involving Marco Polo. There's this book, Invisible Cities, by the Italian Italo Calvino, is his name. Uh, and Marco Polo is a character in it, and he's describing all the like crazy cities he's visited. But it's like very fantastical postmodern. So he's like, there's a city where there's like everything underground mirrors everything above ground. And like, so every building they build above ground, they have to dig. Wait, but that's fake though. It's fake. Okay. But it's very poetic, like nice, nice book to read. That's cool. Continue. So there's Ibn Battuta, who's um, Muslim. Mm -hmm. And he, because yeah, everyone has to do their like, 
their pilgrimage to uh, to to Mecca. Got to do the Hajj, right? Yeah, I think this is so funny though because he basically he's like the ultimate like kid who want he's like I'm just gonna do a gap year. Like he was like I'm gonna get my dad to like finance my life all the way because his like Mecca. Or his like trip to Mecca. His Hajj trip wasn't just like like, three months. You know, I think I'm going to see you like what Asia is about and Europe. So he like traveled everywhere and like wrote about it. He was like the Jack Kerouac of like uh, the Middle East, basically. Nice. And so this is like 1300s, which is like, and I guess same with Marco Polo, right? It's like the Dark Ages are going on still. Like the Renaissance hasn't happened yet. So. Good for these guys getting out there. And but they had math. They were like, we have math and we have a good calendar. So like, we're good. <laughs> they don't have Jesus messing around with their their math and calendar. So that's probably most of the uh, discoveries and stuff were not European during the Dark Ages. And then in 1405, and we, yeah, we talked about, we talked about Jang, Jang He, Chang Shi, the pirate queen. Jang mm-hmm. He was like a different, he was a different pirate dude. Um, but they were, yeah, he was Chinese. He was a, uh, he was like a, he was castrated. He was sort of like, what do you call it? Like a, an indentured servant. Oh, not so he could sing. No. Maybe, you know, maybe, you never know. Okay. Uh, maybe both. He was trusted by his, I guess, owner or like commander, naval commander. And then, he ended up like taking over that ship and he traveled to Asia and Africa on huge ships. And he had a crew of 27,000 and the, his ships were 400 feet long. Yeah. So there's a picture on the internet of like Chang He's, it's called the treasure ship because they brought insane treasures and gifts as well because they were like, we're going to go like start a trade route with like these African civilizations, these African kingdoms and stuff. Um, and so they brought like, yeah, tons of gifts. <clears throat> and there's a picture of, I think it's like the Mayflower next to like Jang He's treasure ship. Yeah. This sank ass boat. And it's like, yeah, it looks like a little toy, right? The Mayflower is like what a hundred feet long, maybe, maybe 120 or something. But like, yeah, it just held like, you know, a hundred people crammed in there. Whereas, yeah, Chang, he's on these 400-foot ships that are just insanely big. Yeah, and he did he did really good. But then there was a moment where China was like, wait a second, you're, you're being a little extravagant, babe. You're making us look kind of bad. So he was like, all right, whatever. So he, he stopped. But he, he he'd already, like, done so much with his life. Yeah, they signed a bunch of treaties and, and made all these, like, deals. But then I guess nothing came of it because China remained isolationist for the, you know, the next thousand years after this. Oh yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Like fact that I didn't know about uh, castration (laughs) that people, men who are castrated, I guess that's the only kind of person who can be castrated. Mm -hmm. Um, they're very tall. It, 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 uh, prolongs your, like when your bones, your growth plates. Yeah. It's something like that. So he was like, he was like super tall and like, like scary and like crazy. Yeah, like in a cool, like, I mean, crazy in like a good way. <laughs> okay. He was like a Yao Ming of yeah. his time. Yeah, you fit a, several basketball courts on a 400-foot ship. And and that he did. <laughs> okay. So Jangy in the treasure ship, the like badass treasure ship. Yeah. Uh, some people are like, 
he he went to America too, but I don't think he did. I don't know. No, I don't think he got that. Because just because why would you want to? Like no one can. Like the only people who are going to America, as we will like pr- like segue to the next person, they like it was an accident. Like no no one wanted to go to America because like there was nothing. There's no, there was trade. no spices. There's no. Tr- these were all these were all economic like trips right undertaken by like you needed a bunch of money to put a ship together and like a whole crew and you had to pay them and feed them so like there had to be money in it for like the the like you know rulers to like finance this stuff america you are not the trade of the season no you are not hot i think yeah the jenghi in the treasure ship they stopped at like a couple places in india too so i think they like I said, yeah. The, the actual Indians. Yeah, they yeah, like yeah. met them in India and then continued on to Africa. But that's far. Yeah. But that's still not crossing the Pacific. So in 1492, Colum- Christopher Columbus sailed the ocean blue. There's a, I didn't know that was like a whole, there's a whole rhyme. It like, it's a whole rhyme. It's long. Yeah, it's really <laughs> so. lame. It's like it's to teach children about it, but I, I didn't remember the, the whole thing. Yeah, so there's this like Guido dude. So this is where we get into the really, like, exploitive asshole, like, cruel uh, explorers. I think of, yeah, Columbus was just, like, a Jersey Shore bro. And he was like, yo, I'm looking for, he's like, I want a Western, I want a a Western route to Asia. And then he discovered America and he was like, I found, I found Asia. Yeah. (laughs) Because he was a lying piece of shit. And it was just like, the people here look sort of different, but... Clearly, I've arrived in India. This is, not, this is not what I expected. There are no elephants, but like, sure. Yeah, that's kind of all, all that I. Uh, he's like, yeah, yeah, it's these peaceful, like, you know, spiritual natives who like live live amongst the land and like, you know, farm and hunt or whatever. But yeah, probably this is the same as like the giant palaces that I'm supposed to be finding in India. I think it's cool though that that he 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 disproved that like the Earth was flat, right? Um. Well, if you remember from previous episodes, like Greek mathematicians proved that the earth <laughs> disproved he the earth proved being to the flat. people that believed that it was flat. I mean, I suppose right. We already had like Galileo in the astronomers episode, right? I said like he they knew it wasn't proved flat to the either. people that still believed that it was flat that it wasn't because they know saw about him. That. Okay, let's pretend that he did. I'll tell you how it happened. I'm not giving Columbus the credit for this one. No, not him. Just like his boat. Like people, they were like, they were like, Arrivederci. And they were like waving, you know, they were like, I think, is that, they were like, ciao, right? And they were, (laughs) they were waving to him and they were like, oh my God, his, his boat is like going over like a curvy thing. That's what I remember. I don't know. I don't. I don't know who taught you that. I don't think that had anything to do with it. Granted, he like had to, you have to believe that the earth is is round if you're going to head west and hope that you're going to wind up in India. So I'll give you that. But then like the irony is that he didn't make it to India. He instead hit North America. So he didn't actually prove that you could get to India by going west. But he didn't find the Northwest Passage, I guess. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> that's Henry Hudson, who we'll get to in a little bit. Yeah. But uh, no, he wasn't going on this voyage to like uh, prove that the earth, you know, was flat or not. Um, He was pretty sure it was round and was trying to get to India. And then I think even then, like most educated people had a good idea of the size of the earth even back then. And they were like, even if they didn't know North America was there, they were they if they assumed it was just ocean, they were like, it's too far 
you're going to die if you just like head west because India is like whatever, 15,000 miles, like, you know, west of uh, where he set off from Spain. Yeah, like west of Spain. But lucky for him, he was wrong and there was a continent in the way. He was like, what? He was like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, so his interactions, I mean, yeah, like his interactions with the natives, right? Or like he just enslaved like a couple dozen of them and like took whatever food and stuff he could like quickly pillage and then would like set off for another port or whatever. And he like brought back slaves, like even yeah. from his like first early trips. These were like voyages of exploration. But like, yeah, he, he came back and he was like, oh yeah, here's, here's like 60 natives I captured. He's like, the, like half of them died on the trip back. He's but like, they're the Asian. <laughs> yeah, they're Indians. So here you go. Yeah. But then the real person to, the real European to, or Spaniard to go to India for real was Vasco da Gama. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah. So he did that. He was like, the, now these. Vasco da Gama, yeah, sailing around South America, which is a, a pretty long distance. Land of fire. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Even though it's very cold there because it's the southernmost tip of uh, South America. There's a bunch of penguins. So dramatic. The rock hopper penguins. Yeah, cool name though. So actual America is discovered by America. Amerigo Vespucci. Vespucci, yeah. And he figured, he basically is like, this is not India. <laughs> I, I love that he was just categorized it. He was like, you guys, like quick clarification. <laughs> Yeah, I think a bunch of people knew that Columbus was, was a dumbass when he, when he returned. And they like, they're like, this doesn't quite add up that like, but yeah, but then Amerigo Vespucci was like, yeah, it's a new continent. And he went and mapped a bunch of it. He was like, it's named after me. So well, that's a, and I he did, obviously he know. Did, well, if you make the map, you get to label stuff. So that's why it's named after him and not Columbus. Because Columbus did some like, Everybody had to. If you were on a ship, you had a map maker, you had a cartographer with you because you needed it because otherwise you'd get lost at sea and die. But Amerigo did way more of the mapping and less of the kidnapping slaves and taking them back to uh, Spain. So good for him. A real, a real gentleman among uh, bloodthirsty uh, genocidal explorers. Can you imagine if like architects today, like if people's... <laughs> If people's lives like depended on them to like draw up a blueprint, like everyone in this fucking city would be dead. <laughs> Wait, they do. What are you talking about? I mean, like, not- well, if it was like time bound the way that it was, like at sea, they're like, we need the map now, and they're like, they're like, I'm gonna take a day off. <laughs> I'm gonna need to wait for the the Department of Ships to approve Department this. Of ships to approve my map. <laughs> yeah. Um. No. Yeah. That's pretty much how it works these days. You got to draw a picture or something. Before you can to dream to imagine, yeah. Okay, so then we have Magellan. Magellan. I say Magellan because, yeah, it like rhymes with his first name. How do you pronounce his first name? I forget. <laughs> but I, I heard I was like, oh yeah, that's so cool. I totally forgot what his first name is. It's like it's just a regular name. Is anyway. it Ferdinand? <laughs> Ferdinand Magellan. <laughs> Oh, Ferdinand Magellan. Yeah, it like it, it has like a better sound to it. Okay, so I'm going to say Magellan. That doesn't rhyme. <laughs> okay. All yeah. right, so he's finally, we're off the Spaniards. Yeah, oh, Chef Mackey on Twitch, Chef Mackey on Twitch wants you to know it is Ferdinand. <laughs> anyway, oh, it's Ferdinand. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. rhyme. Like Ferdinand the Bull. 
So we're off the Spanish explorers, though, and we're off the Italians. He He is Portuguese. Okay. So. He speaks that 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 fancy Spanish that makes you feel like you can't speak Spanish. Yeah. Well, and during this whole era, too, is that like ships are how you get around. Like that's long distance travel. Everything has to be by ship. This is, you know, well before railroads or steam engines or, or anything are invented. And horses are like very slow and really can't haul much stuff and you have to feed them compared to a ship where you've just got the wind blowing you around wherever you want to go. So if you wanted to haul anything big or, you know, a ton of treasure or people or something, it was all ships. So that's why all of these guys are sailors. Yeah, so he wanted to circumnavigate the world. He wanted to go all, all around the world. He wanted to follow his daft, uh, his daft punk dreams and go around the world. Uh, but he had no idea how big the Pacific was. He also had no idea how rough it was because he named it the Pacific because he was like, what a calm ocean this is. Certain parts of it, sure. Yeah. So basically where, where everything seems to go to shit is Guam. It's like so many of these, so many of these ship things, everything is going fine, and then they get to Guam and they're like, uh-oh. They're like, yikes. Well, yeah, I think there's both, there's like certain islands around there where the, right, like the natives will like really don't like outsiders and so they will kill you or attack you. And you can't stop there to get food or water. Um, so that's probably part of it. And then I guess the currents are probably pretty rough. And there's like storm, depending on the time of the year, there's like bad storms. It's like calling it the Pacific was a bad idea. <laughs> They're like, it's already, it's already written. It's already, and it's in, in the books. <laughs> and all these places too, there's like a, you know, there's like diseases that like none of these Europeans have ever encountered. And this is before you can get your, your malaria vaccine or anything. So just routinely far more than the natives it would just be like you'd show up in a new place and you just get sick and die within like yeah. this is gonna we'll see this again with all the explorers in africa too um there's just all sorts of really horrible tropical diseases that if you're not from there you're like susceptible yeah. to his main thing though was like he just really had no idea how big the ocean was he was like oh it's fine so he just didn't bring enough food and like provisions like actually a lot of the future people they're like we're gonna bring so much stuff and like that's where they went wrong but he went wrong he was like he's like i'm just gonna bring one bag i'm just gonna bring my purse <laughs> back light. some some mints you know not, nothing too heavy i'm trying you know i want to look i want to look snatched when i get back home so uh his people are just really fucking hungry and they were like eating their own ship which I think is like hilarious. Like they were like, okay, what, what on this ship can we eat? Like they were like, let's eat some leather. And then they were like, ooh, if it gets like moldy, we can like eat the mold and like the lichen and the the maggots and stuff. And then there's definitely like a diary entry. They were eating the leather on the ship. Yeah, like the upholstery. Yeah, okay. they were eating the upholstery. And there's a con- conversation in our Twitch actually about that, actually, because Anna Chelsea pointed out you can eat a horse. <laughs> traveling by horse uh and chef yeah. Maki, Maki said you can eat a ship yeah so they're they are just like we are gonna eat this whole goddamn ship they also definitely drank their own pee and there's diary entries about this and they're like they say like they're like it was we drank like what they we drank like water from like an like a un, a source that we will not name that was yellow like they're like basically describing it but they're not saying that it's their pee it was definitely their their pee um and yeah they were like getting scurvy and stuff like that and then they 
somehow got to the Philippines and then Magellan was killed. His boy... I think speared. Yeah. He caught a spear to the chest from some, some uh, natives who were, were not welcoming. Yeah. Yeah. So his, um, his boy, Juan Sebastian, who had a way sexier name, he finished the journey. So he's like the first person to, to circumnavigate. Oh. Yeah. He finished it. But he doesn't get any of the credit because, I don't know. Oh, because uh, Magellan had like some deal with uh, like King Ferdinand or something. <laughs> and he was like, we have the same name, so uh, it's going to be me, <laughs> even if I die. Mm-hmm. That's probably what happened. Well, he he was like the leader of the voyage, and he made it three quarters of the way. So, yeah, but the other, you know, you on. give him some credit. His boy, though. Yeah, I know a lot about the long-distance seafaring from reading Moby Dick. And so there was a lot of like, you would just pack barrels and barrels of like, yes, water, uh, and also barrels and barrels of like salted beef was like the the thing. Beef um, jerky, and they wouldn't, Jack Links. You could fish, you know, of course, but like they didn't, at least in like Moby Dick, the whaling ships, like they don't, they're just eating beef and like hardtack or like biscuits or whatever, like super hard biscuits. And that's kind of it. And it sucks. Um, uh, from another book, the How to Invent Everything book, we, we learned about scurvy. That like the the British Navy like discovered a cure for scurvy like four or five separate times over the course of like three hundred years of seafaring like somebody would figure it out and there are stories of like sailors even would plant uh, oranges or like limes on certain islands and so that then they knew they could like come back and stop there and like you know eat and prevent scurvy. What uh, happens if you get scurvy? Oh, what are the symptoms of it? Yes. How do we know? That we don't have scurvy. I mean, it's caused by a vitamin C deficiency. But what are the symptoms? I don't know. Exhaustion? Being really pale? What are they? I I would guess it's kind of like anemia or whatever, which you could also get. Yeah, getting like an iron deficiency. But I think it's just that. I think you just get very sickly. Your teeth fall out. I feel like your teeth fall out. Oh, maybe. You say arg. You say arg a lot. Oh, your gums bleed. So don't get it. (laughs) Just don't get it. Just don't do it. Just don't. Is that, oh my God, is that why drinks like have lime juice? Do they like invent, they're like, you know what goes really good in a dark and stormy? Some lime. Yeah, that is that is a big reason why a lot of like uh, drinks from. Pirate drinks. Pirate drinks have like, yeah, lime to go with like the rum, which was from like the sugar, right? In like the Caribbean. And that's why the British have gin and tonics. Hmm. Because the tonic was, uh, the quinine was good to like supposedly although i don't think in the levels you get from a gin tonic but quinine supposedly helps with malaria so if you're out here like imperializing india you drink gin and tonics and it helps with the malaria that's cute okay so then i have uh hernan cortez and francisco navarro they just commit genocide oh Oh, so we're going back to the conquerors basically yeah Uh, they're they're right around here they go in here, I think. Yeah, well, right, we... Yeah. I'm just saying, Magellan, he's like a navigator, yeah, right? Yeah, I... Vasco da Gama, kind of, he's a cartographer, navigator. Yeah. But now we're going back, like, when you get to Cortez, you're, these are like the butchers. These are yeah, like the I'm real assholes. Yeah, I'm just mentioning them. I'm just, it's just, just chronological. Oh, I know. I'm just yeah. saying. I'm just saying they're they're interspersed. It's very funny how different, like, do you think it's their, like, the mission they were sent on, or is that their own personal, like, predilection is, like, yeah, I'm going to go just go, like, butcher and subjugate this I think it's because Magellan failed, and he was mad hungry, but, so but he, he couldn't he kill. He, I think if he could, I think if he 
brought more snacks than he maybe would also have killed people. If he g- seems like the kind of guy. If given the chance. Yeah. Mage- Magellan. Magellan. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, so tell us about, them. about no. Cortez. I don't. They're, they're just terrible. So we won't talk about them. They they just kill. They just kill. I mean, we studied Cortez. We we read about or talked about Cortez some. In, I don't On a podcast that, that was never recorded. <laughs> oh, okay. But when we talked about the, uh, the Aztecs, Incas, and Mayas, uh, yeah. the South American empires... Uh, yeah, Cortez, basically, like, both, bef- yeah, befriending and tricking and then, like, you know, conquering and decimating the Aztecs. So then we have William William Barons. Um, this is, like, a really funny failed expedition that's really awesome and funny and hilarious. Oh, I didn't know he was so far, so far back. William Barons is, like, our first Arctic, Arctic explorer. Yeah, well, because they're they're looking. He's looking for the northeast passage, like the yeah. So the northeast passage would be a way to get to China. That's like over, that's over, above yeah. instead of instead of around like South America. You it's go like, up and over. Yeah. Um, and everyone was like, "They're like, we know it's somewhere. We know that it exists, but we just don't know." I where think it they is. had no idea of the extent of like Siberia too, like how far west Russia goes. Because like to get to China, you have to get around like a lot of. There's a lot of Asia in the way. So, uh, but yeah, the, the idea is you can go if you fly in a plane. That's that's kind of how you do it. You go over the Arctic Circle. He didn't have a plane. No, <laughs> but uh, I thought all the Arctic explorers are like, you know, seventeen, eighteen hundreds. No, Barents is this is fifteen sixties. Yeah, this is, it's really funny. So he's looking for the Northeast Passage, right? The first time he found. Um, <laughs> They found a polar bear and they thought it was just like a regular bear. So they were like, let's put it on our ship and take it back and like maybe put it in the circus. <laughs> and then they're like, because they're like, they're like, dude, we should turn back. It's like not looking good, but we'll take like a polar bear with us because it'll be like a fun souvenir. And the polar bear like went on a rampage on the boat and they were like, oh no, big mistake. Uh, so polar bears are like compared to other bears too. They're like, Huge polar bears are like twice the size of other regular bears. They're like it's a big white bear. There's. Do you want to hear the <laughs> the mnemonic device for remembering which bears to fight and which to avoid? Um, I thought it was just like you just have to outrun your friend. I thought that was how you That's survive a good one bears. Too. No, they apparently if it's if it's brown, lay down. If it's black, fight back. If it's white, good night. <laughs> there's your bear facts for this episode bears also like exploring they teach you that in boy scouts i read it on the internet and i don't the bear badge i don't know if it's true and please nobody go out and fight with a bear wait wait is this also is this also how you deal with bears in the in the gay community oh (laughs) nice Nice. Yeah, if it's, if it's a white bear. <laughs> good yeah, one of good the, night. One of those older bears. Good night. Good night. Yeah. Good morning, ladies. Good, <laughs> good morning. morning. <laughs> uh, so, um, that, yeah, the polar bear on the boat didn't go too well. The second time, because, yeah, I guess the whoever was funding the, Brit, the Brits, they were like, yeah, go, go again. Um so the second time that polar bear's like brother was hanging out and he was like, I'm going to attack the ship. So the ship got attacked by a polar bear and they had to go back. And then there was a third time uh, that they 
that the the Baron's expedition happened. And um, the third time their ship got trapped in the ice, which this is like a reoccurring theme, like mad ships get trapped in the ice. Yeah, so they the ship got trapped in the ice, and then they built a they built a cabin out of their ship, and then they lived on the ice until their ship defrosted, basically. Yeah, so the Barents Sea is basically if you're if you're in the Atlantic and sort of just keep going north, you like hit the Arctic Ocean, right, and then you start seeing all these icebergs and ice flows or whatever, um, and then eventually your ship just runs into ice as as Barents did. Bow and Yang, it's so good to see you. <laughs> Yeah, as a, as a Titanic notably found out. Um, it's funny because so many of these explorers are, and may, this isn't, I don't think, just our cynical reading on it. It's like you had to be really crazy to undertake these kind of voyages back then. And they seem like dumbasses. Like lots of, who puts a polar bear on a ship? And they didn't like, you know, they didn't bring like the animal tranquilizer or anything. They just like, it was, an impulse, an, it was an impulse bear. It was an impulse bear. It's like, get on the ship. We're all drunk. We've got all this, been drinking all this lime juice and rum. Um, yeah, anyway, so, so this guy has a sea named after him. The guy who put a polar bear on his boat. Yeah, the Barents Sea is the where the Arctic Ocean meets the Atlantic Ocean. That's where his house, his ship house was. <laughs> probably where he, <laughs> where he lived. Uh, yeah, so east of Greenland, sort of in the, the North Sea. There you go. Yeah. If you ever wonder what's like north of Scandinavia, it's the Barents Sea. And then 1580, Francis Drake circumnavigates the world in a single mission. Francis Drake is like a super cool pirate dude, but he also had slaves. He wasn't that cool, I guess. But he was base. He was like the first true. He was the true beauty of the circumnavigation game. Why is that? Because he did it in one. Yeah, well, because Magell- like Magellan's other dude, like did it, right? But like Drake did it, and he was like, "I will have everyone know about this." He was yeah, and he was kind of like a, a pirate, pirate kind of guy. Ooh, and then I have then we have another failed one, another okay. creepy. This is a creepy one. Are you ready for a creepy one? Yeah, a creepy, creepy failure. Failure. I love that we're just like Francis Drake is like, like he was competent. And pretty much accomplished his goal and then retired. He like, uh, yeah, whereas Barents is just like total fuck up. But yeah, yeah. So tell me about this this creepy ghost colony. Roanoke, the Roanoke colony. The Roanoke colony. The Roanoke. Sounds like a, a camp. It sounds like a camp horror movie. So you know, I'm famously, I'm from Virginia. And we study Virginia history in fourth grade, including like Jamestown and, and like granted Williamsburg is in Maryland, but like whatever. Yeah, we, we read about Roanoke, which, which just is like a city in Virginia. But you read about historic Roanoke and like the vanished colonists. Do you want to tell us about it if you studied it? No, you can tell us. Tell us. About, tell us the story. So story Roanoke Walter Colony. Rowley. He's like, OK, we're going to set up a colony in in Virginia. Okay. <laughs> and so like he went over there, set everything up and then he's like, Oh, hang on a second. I have to like go back. I got to go back home real quick. I forgot my keys, something I left the toaster on. So he like went back and then he went back to England and they were like, Oh yeah, we're having like a war right now. Could you stay and like help us? And he was like, sure, sure, sure. So he didn't get to come back to his colony for about three years and when he he came back there were just like 
some creepy, creepy bones. And he was like, "Uh uh-oh. And they had carved in a tree. No, 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 no. Not yet. Not yet. This happened. Who carved in the tree? Not yet. That's to come. That is to come. So there were just some creepy bones. All right, we'll get to the tree. We'll get to the tree. Right. So then this then he was like, oh, crap, I got to like set up more people. So the, this second colony, he was like, let's get some children here. Let's they they uh, they were like, let's get some people who want to who want to have sex on the colony so they can like have multi generations. Because he's like, probably what happened was we just had like some old people and they died. Surely, surely Roanoke colony isn't haunted. <laughs> so the the new like settlers that he sent over there was much more like young and like sexier group and then he had he was like all right hang on uh forgot my keys again so kind of like the same thing happened so he comes back this time and there's nothing there like there's not even bones and but there is a carving on the tree and it says nevermore no what does it say i forget it said croatoa and he's like, what the fuck is that? And then, like, nobody ever figured it out. He's They're like, wait. Like, did they, he's re- like, I have did a they move to a new colony? Is this some sort of code? And it's like, yeah. This is how the movie Memento, the inspiration. <laughs> By the way, Sir w- Walter Raleigh, uh, to, to, like, for a little background, right? It's the, he's trying to found the, per- the first permanent English settlement. So this is before Jamestown. He's, like, trying to, to, like, yeah, they're trying to set up a settlement there. So that's why. And then everybody just dies twice, yeah. I guess. Well, that's the thing. The first time he's like, he's like, yikes, there's bones. And the second time he's like, yikes, there's no bones. Yeah, so known as <laughs> but, known as the lost colony. But it's he said, he was like, yeah, we built like structures and stuff. And like that shit is gone. It's like gone. There's not a trace of it. It's like literally vanished. What do you think happened? Do you think he just like forgot where he put it? Because he's forgot his keys in awful no, the Awful theory is that it's like, uh, you know, it's it's like the natives or whatever, like we're trading like peacefully and things went bad. And like, who knows, the colonists stepped out of line. Maybe they like flashed the wrong gang sign. Something went, went bad. And so they just they got wiped out um, or just like, you know, fever or like death or whatever. Like, they're you know, they all caught some disease or something. But why would their houses go? That's the crazy thing is like the structure. There's no like sign of the structures. Maybe mid-Atlantic hurricane season came by. There's yeah. like an early hurricane Sandy. Spooky. Maybe they burned the fire. They were like, well, yo, we need some firewood. Oh, Croatoan it was called. Yeah. Oh, no, it was found carved into the palisade of their fort, which was abandoned. So their fort did survive. Well, there, there was like a second tree or a second like carving that started to say it was like oh, Croatoan and there's another yeah. one that was like Crow. There's an island called Croatoan Island. And so he was like, maybe they went there. But then he like he was like, oh, I forgot something at home again. And he didn't like have a chance to go check. No, actually, he was um that time he was like on the ship of like someone else. And that dude was like, I, we've already made like a stop for you. We're not going to go to like Croatoa. He's like, I hate that place. We got to go to like where I was going. It was like an Uber pool, and they were like, I'm not making an extra stop. <laughs> That's what happened with the Croatoa. So he never got to go like check out Croatoa, sadly. Uh, rough seas and a lost anchor, apparently. So he couldn't do a rescue mission. He lost his anchor. 
That sucks. Yeah, he's like, even if I get there, I can't stop the boat. So what am I gonna do? But uh, don't don't be Sir Walter. Sir Walter Raleigh made it out okay. But yeah. Also, yeah, if the leader of your colony, who's like established it, has to leave for a bit, don't. Yeah, don't go with go, him. Go, go, go with. with. Go with. <laughs> yeah, it very much is like a horror movie, uh, like set up. Then in uh, 1607, Henry Hudson. Yeah, Hudson Bay Company. Yeah, Hudson Bay. He really <laughs> fucked up, but he ended up finding the Hudson River, and it's not even a river; it's an estuary. It's an estuary. So he also fucked up with that, but he was kind of cool. Um, but that's that's what he did. Yeah, like yeah, just a lot of sailing around the ice, basically. Yeah. Um, in the Hudson, Bay. and he was like, "This is a river," but he forgot to realize that like it's also fed by a sea. He forgot mm. to taste that water. <laughs> that's salty that's salty water how's everything tasting a little salty yeah henry hudson yeah that's he's he's i like the alliteration in his name good job on the name sir yeah i guess this theme starts to emerge where you've now got the in the explorers starting like the 1600s where you've got the like uh the conquerors conquistadors or whatever who just totally savage and rape and like wreck the native populations and enslave them You've got the colonizers who try to just displace them gently, right? Soft genocide, if you will. Um, and then you've got still basically the the only decent people in this, like, you know, long run, of, long run of, of white guys is uh, the Arctic explorers because they're at least exploring where no one is. Well, not not the British Arctic explorers. They're bad. It's just the Norwegians. Okay. The Norwegians are good. The Arctic, yeah, the British ones are like the super bad. We'll get into those guys very soon. Oh, here's just a really f- LOL one is the Darien scheme. I just think this is so hilarious. Like, bless you, Scottish people. Oh, yeah, there's a Hudson River, right? You've been in Henry Hudson's River, haven't you? I literally just said it's an estuary, not a river. No, but uh, I guess I, I think of the Hudson Bay as being like much further north, right? Do his his river and his bay connect? Yes. That oh, I didn't even I, know. I have a mic now and I <laughs> want to turn it off. No. I literally was like making that joke because I, the Hudson River is not a river. It's an estuary. Got it. That was like the second joke that I made about oh, him. Oh, because the Atlantic's flowing into it. Yes. Uh, also, if you taste it, it's salty. I've never tasted the water. I took a class on the ecosystem where they made us like lick a leaf that was like growing in the water. I don't know. It was like they, they were like lick this reed, this grass. And they were like, it's salty. You were like out at Chelsea Piers, just like yeah. <laughs> licking the pilings. Yep. Okay. Thanks, thanks, mom, for that. That's what they did with me when I went to gymnastics camp at Chelsea Piers. Yeah. Can we jump through a couple, by the way? We're, we're running a little short on time. How are we doing in your... We got so many left. Yeah, well, I'm trying to jump through them. You're the one who keeps repeating the fat, the shit that I, I have like very short anecdotes. Just all right, let's see the anecdotes. The Darien scheme. The Scottish people had the, they had the great idea to set up a territory in Panama, but they had no clue what to do because they were, they were like, oh, the British people are like conquering. We want to do that too. So they, they went to Panama and then they were like, fuck, we don't know how to do like warm weather at all. And basically 300 out of 1200 of them survived. And the ones who did survive, they like went back to Scotland and they were shamed. Then Oh, it almost bankrupted Scotland. They spent a whole lot right. of money. To oh, because they got they too. did like a they, they did a GoFundMe. They spent a ton of money on it. Because so it, yeah, it, it, like, they did a GoFundMe and people hardship. were like, okay, yes. Next. Yeah. James Cook. 
he was like in the Caribbean a lot. That was cool. Um, you're really sh- selling Cook short uh, because he was the the first like uh, European to uh, I guess interact with meet the Hawaiians. So in Hawaii, there's a bunch of like piles of rocks basically and plaques commemorating James Hook. James uh, James Hook. Sorry, James yeah. Captain Hook. And then they James Cook. Uh, Cook also like I mean he he went farther than any I guess explorer cartographer before him. So he is. Uh, very famous and like revered for being like very daring, uh, still kind of an asshole in his interactions with the natives. Uh, the Hawaiians, he encountered them a couple times. The first time they revered him as a god and were like super nice to him and gave him supplies and food and everything. On one of his trips, he went and proved that New Zealand was an island by just sailing around it. That's cool. Um, cause they didn't know. He like mapped a lot of Australia. They thought there might be other continents down there cause nobody really knew about what was going on down there. So, uh, yeah, Cook, a uh, really great sailor. And then apparently what did him in was he came back to hang out with the Hawaiians and he had some bad luck and hit like a storm. His ships got damaged. Um, things just weren't going well. And someone it, killed him. Yeah, he arrived kind of bedraggled and beat up in front of the Hawaiians and they were insulted by this, apparently, either because they were like, you're not a god. He lost that runway, basically. And yeah. they said, you're going to lip sync for your life. And then they... We're like, you do not stay. And they killed him. They said goodbye. All right. For those of our listeners who don't watch Drag Race, uh, what Ariel's saying is that like his halo got dented, basically. And I so good. Um, They'll get it. They'll understand. Yeah. Either the fact that he wasn't actually a deity or just if he, they still believed he was their god, but they were like, oh, no, but you're a bad god. Anyway, they <laughs> they then killed him. <laughs> they like, got really pissed off and killed him. But uh, yeah, Cook, Cook three uh, famous expeditions that are each worthy of their own like full book. Um, pretty yeah. wild. Okay, then there's Sacagawea. She like schools Lewis and Clark. There you go. And then there's you Glass, who is like the true revenant, and he just has like a revenge story. He did get mauled by a bear and then left for dead. Like, and he got left for dead like so many more times. Played by Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, in the Revenant. And he never got to. He went to like revenge. He went to kill the person who left him. But that guy actually ended up dying, so he I don't never. Know that he's really an explorer. He's more like a, a a tracker and a trapper and a woodsman. I'd call him a woodsman. He was an explorer though, but he got he got <laughs> de- derailed. He got derailed. Okay. Yeah, that's what he was doing. And then he was like, "I'm going to the beaver trade." Then we have the Donner Party, which a lot of people don't know. There's a lot of like fake stuff about the Donner Party because basically in the diaries of the basically there there's like. There's a shortcut. There's a the Hastings cutoff shortcut, which uh, Landford Hastings, which is like you don't believe some guy with that, <laughs> with that name to begin with. Uh, he wrote this book, and he was like, "You should definitely take this shortcut." But he had like never taken the shortcut, and he like didn't know anything. So Donner's Donner's family like took the shortcut. Read. the party was also Reed, but he was like, "I'm not going to take the shortcut. I'll take the scenic." No one in Reed's family died. That's why no one knows about him. No one really cares about him because um, the Donner Party, though, in their diaries, they say that they ate people. But like when the people died, like they thought about they thought about like killing people and they couldn't do it. And they thought about having a duel, but they couldn't do it. But they were like, okay, if someone just dies and you're not related to them, you could eat them. And it says that in their diary, but there's no forensic evidence of it. The only like semi evidence 
is there is this one guy that they they rescued. His name was Lewis Kiesberg, and he was found with like all these. According to sources, he was found with corpses like around him, just like blood. Like he was just like cooking like blood and like eating just like body parts and stuff. And he had gone right. a little bit crazy. That's, that's enough. Right? They weren't even explorers. Well, they weren't even going anywhere. They were. They were trying to. They were. Well, they were trying, they were trying to, to, to go to California. They were trying to go from Chicago. Well, they were from Illinois. They were trying to go from Illinois to California. It's like very Oregon Trail. It is. Yeah. But I don't even count them as explorers. I think they're just like. Bad, bad travelers. Well, this was an expedition that was failed. I mean, the Everest, we're going to talk about Everest people and they weren't like, there's a whole, you know, it's very much Oregon Trail where you have the option to go like down. You can like raft your like wagon down yeah. or you can like go for a couple more days in the long route. And that's what they did. And they were like, or you can go through this valley where you might get snowed in. Which they yeah, like, that's what a, happened. But it was very snowy. It was like 24 feet not total. It was like that was a snow cover. But there, but no one's sure if they actually like ate people because there's no forensic evidence, only diary entries. And then people denied it like later because on. Because they ate the evidence. <laughs> they, well, yeah. And then people like – they were like, when I wrote that – I it think was, it's just because it, the name of the expedition sounds like the dinner party. And so oh, it really true. sticks with people. And if they just had a different name, like it was the Yasevoli Caravan – Nobody would even care what they did. Because we'd be eating so. raviolis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. So then uh, 1845, there's uh, the Franklin mission. <laughs> this, you just don't name your boat Terror, basically. This was also looking for the Northwest Passage. Uh, the sh ships were trapped in the ice again. But this time, twist, the men died from either botulism or lead poisoning because they had canned food and they were in the ice so they didn't have a fire. So by the way, the time yeah. period now, we're in the like Just said it. mid to late 1800s. I said 1845. Got it. Okay. 1909, there's this guy named Shackleton. Wait, who, you just skipped everything. You skipped all this people. Yeah, well, because who prefacing. cares? Um, in 1909. Stanley and Livingston. Mm -hmm. I don't have them. You want to talk about them? Yeah, real quick, uh, we'll talk about because uh, probably one of the most famous quotes from an explorer is uh, from one small step. Henry for Morton oh. Stanley uh, <laughs> when he discovers uh, Livingston in the in the Congo. So this is like the it was called like the the scramble for Africa happens like throughout Europe basically in the second half of the eighteen hundreds, um, which first starts as some explorers and then King Leopold of Belgium. Uh, said he was going to unify a bunch of African tribes into like one pan-African state. There would be a free trade zone and the whole like concept of like neoliberalism and well, capitalism. They're like, mission? we're going to go to Africa. And it's what happened on his mission? Oh, he just like killed a ton of, <laughs> ton of people, both in his own party and with like natives. Um, Did he find Africa? So Stanley, uh, yeah, real. Well, yes, he, he was in Africa. Okay. The fascinating thing about Stanley is he was a journalist. Actually, he's from Wales, immigrated to America. He's like, man, am I killing a lot of people? Fought for the Confederacy in the Civil War, then became a journalist. And it was actually like the New York Telegraph was like sending him to all these places as a correspondent. So as like a journalistic scoop, he went after the British explorer David Livingstone, who had been lost in Africa for like eight years. He was like the original like vice intern. He was, like exactly. He was the vice intern who just like he kind of tricked his employer into sending him on this trip. And he went. He's like, sweet, bro. Uh, 
he wrote a, a book about it and, and very much kind of single-handedly established the whole genre of like travel like novels, basically, travel journalism. Live, laugh, love. It was a huge debt to, to, to yeah. I've taken up embroidery. To Henry Morton Stanley. Uh, his name, his original name wasn't even Henry Morton Stanley. He renamed himself after a wealthy guy living in New Orleans when he immigrated there. By the way, everything about his life that he wrote was kind of a lie or an embellishment. Um, he's very Donald Trump in that way. He just he, never stopped lying, and it eventually like kind of worked out for him. He's a cool helmet, though. He's a pith. He did walk around in a pith, a pith helmet. helmet. Yeah, there's a bunch of you. You guys can listen to other podcasts if you want like more details. But like, there's a bunch of just outrageous stories that he just had like hundreds of like porters and people with him dying or people deserting, and so he would like. Like he on his first like expedition to go find Livingstone, he like fired, you know, he fired the cook for wasting food and the cook was like, OK, and left. And he then sent soldiers like after the cook and arrested him for deserting and then ch chained him. He got his just desserts. And then made the cook continue working for him as as a prisoner. Basically. That's amazing. He was such an asshole. Um, yeah, he wrote. Eventually writing for, yeah, both both writing for the Herald and the New York Times. But yeah, he probably lied about that whole interaction. But his claim, which is very funny, is that when he finally meets Henry Livingstone, he's in the middle of like, right? Wait, he found him? He, do, he does David find him Livingstone? on his first trip. He finds David Livingstone. David Livingstone is just hanging out, by the way. He's just like, I don't didn't really feel like going back to England. That's so funny. And I'm just kind of like the local white guy. And the Africans are like they're you know they support me this like local tribe I hang out with it's cool, so he and he and Stanley hung out for a couple months and then Stanley went back and Livingstone died like six months later so there's no one to actually say what they said when they met each other, but Stanley wrote about it in his book which became this you know international bestseller uh, and established the genre of travel journalism he said that when they finally met right they're the only two white men for like a thousand miles yeah. right and he goes. Dr. Livingstone, I presume. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's great. But apparently none of them actually wrote about that. And uh, yeah, Henry Morton Stanley had a bad habit of destroying diary entries <laughs> from dates that he later wrote about in his books uh, when he recalled different things. But yeah, he killed a ton of uh, natives and like everybody with him died. He was questionably, he may have been bisexual, they think, because he had that's, a lot of male admirers he brought with that's him. That's what happened uh, with him and, and that's what they were doing for those. Apparently Livingstone was a father figure to him. So mm -hmm. he Daddy. Was a, he was an orphan and like grew up in a workhouse, which like, left Dad. him with this inferiority complex. He's one of the most fascinating, horribly flawed uh, explorers that we'll talk about. But enough of him. Let's continue our tour. <laughs> continue our exploration of these explorers. Okay, so now we really get into the into the Antarctic. People are like really, really wanting to go to Antarctica, or really they want the South Pole. They want to put their flag on the pole of of the South, <laughs> the southernmost pole. Oh, now we do in South Pole. Okay, yeah, Shackleton wants to go to Antarctica. His ship also got caught in the ice. <laughs> he built. He also built a house out of the ship. Um, then there, there are like other boats sank and they went 800 miles in a lifeboat, like him and his crew. So like, that's kind of what he, but he did, he did do a couple of like navigation things. So the future explorers would use his records. 
So by this time, it's I think also in part because in the early, by the early like 1900s, there's not that much left to explore. Yeah, these are the two. These are the places. Yeah. There are like some it, Americans who it gets it gets harder and harder as people raise the bar, right? It's yeah. like you're down to basically like the highest mountains, the deepest jungles, and Antarctica. Yeah, there are some Americans who had already gone to the North Pole. That's why they didn't really care about that one as much. Mm -hmm. There's this race between Robert Scott and Ronald Armisen. I think rolled. I think autocorrect. Rolled Armisen. Yeah. And so Robert Scott, he'd already visited the Antarctic, but he wanted to go to the actual pole. And he was like, I'm just going to follow. Touch the pole. I'm going to follow Shackleton's like failed glacier route. And he's like, I'm just going to be able to do it better. I feel like everyone went that way. Everyone whose ship got caught in the ice. I'm like, stop, just stop going that way. Just like, you know, it doesn't work. Dumbass. I think Antarctica is especially tough because you have to, yeah, first get there by, by boat. And then it's like, is this landmass? It is just miles of ice. And so, you got to then transition. You have to like bring a bunch of dogs and a dog sled or whatever. Like, you know, once well, you get there. Well, he didn't though. He <laughs> he brought 30 dogs, but just like cute dogs, like probably like French bulldogs and stuff like that. Like just for entertainment. He brought 19 ponies because they're smaller than horses. You know, mm -hmm. he brought motorized sledges and he brought like a ton of his bros and they had guest lists. They had like plus ones. They had like so many ships and stuff like that, right? And then he was like, I'm going to try to go through the Northwest Passage instead of this stupid like glacial route thing. And I just want to go to the pole. Oh, yeah. Scott had like all this other stuff that he wanted to do when he was there. He was like, I got to so take who, a selfie. I have to won? whatever. Who do you think? Come on. Oh, so like arms. He like he brought uh, the Norwegian, right? He he. uh learned from Inuits because he had done like traveling around Antarctica and he like he learned from like the native people and he like was friends with them he was cool with them so Amundsen figured it out yeah he was, he are. dressed in like seal skin and he only brought like as many sled dogs as he needed he was Norwegian too so he's from like a cold no he yeah he's Norwegian the other dude is, yeah, Shackle is British Shackleton's British so, no, yeah. no Scott is the oh, one okay. Shackleton's already failed. Scott is following Shackleton's like failed route. Okay. Yeah. So, so Armisen like he he puts like well he puts his flag down and then he like pieces out. He's like we're going back. And Scott got there a he got there a month later, and just like horrible. It was like almost a second Donner party, except they had a lot more ponies, so they like ate through the ponies there wasn't as much cannibalism i think there was like a tad of cannibalism but it was really just because they brought so much dumb shit with them it was like too much it was too heavy and like annoying okay so almond yeah. first reached the south pole yeah and then and to go through the northwest passage this like northwest passage that like the, the british he did the northeast passage really yeah oh maybe I the thought, northwest no he, he did the northwest he went through the northwest to get there Okay. Like he went like up and over. He was the first person to like actually go through it. But that was the crazy thing. They both were like, yo, we're going to go in two opposite directions. Like the boats were like going in opposite directions when they took off, okay. which was crazy. Like people did not put their money on that, on but that he, dog. Uh, he died. Uh, what looking, looking on a rescue mission for an airship for another yeah. explorer's airship. 
Yeah, because he was a cool dude. He was great. Um, we love him. So yeah, that's the heroic age of Arctic exploration. Yeah. <laughs> Which I the heroic what a funny name. Uh then there's like Percy Fawcett. He thought there was this uh the, the city of Zed. So he must have been Canadian, I guess. Yeah, he disappeared trying to find it. Crazy people think that he went through a portal instead of just being like killed by natives. Like a hundred other people have died trying to find this city of Zed, probably because they're stupid enough to go looking for it. So they die. A a British geographer. And then, Yeah. yeah, famously, he left. He was like writing messages to his son. There's like a. He's like, I'm great. I'm doing great about this. He's like, Um, I'm awesome. But then his son like tried to find his remains. And yeah, way more people have died trying to go find Percy Fawcett's remains. Once again, because if you're dumb enough to want to go looking for this dumbass's remains, that's probably why you yeah, die. Explore in the, the Amazon. Yeah. Or you go through a portal. But they know? think also, yeah, probably just killed by some native tribe. Or just, why do you have to be killed by a native tribe? I, I just feel like these people die because they're stupid. They're just like, eh, death. Okay. They die of stupidity. So then we have er- Amelia Earhart and the dude that she, a lot of, do you know that she was with a dude? No, I just know about her. Yeah, there's some dude, this dude named Noonan who is also like with her and like not sexually with her, but just like in her plane. And he died too. Uh, yeah. He was like her navigator? They were like flying people. They were like flying, flying, flying friends. He was, he was in the, uh, he was her co-pilot. Maybe they took turns. I don't know how that works. Yeah, she, they, they crashed into the Bermuda Triangle. Their bones were found. Bones were found there on the island that they crashed um, or presumably crashed. And in the 40s, forensics weren't good. So they were like, these are a male's like bones. And they were like, this is not Amelia Earhart's bones. (laughs) Then they lost the bones. But they think now they're like actually from like that data from those bones, they like recalculated it. And they're like, actually, it probably was Amelia. They just like had bad Oh, he's a cool looking guy. Yeah. Sort Fred a, Fred Noonan. Fred Noonan is sort of a Clint Eastwood character. Yeah. Well, they all I mean it was the the third the uh thirties, late late thirties. They all kinda looked like that. <laughs> so did Amelia Earhart. Were she they, also looked like What were they trying to do at the by the way, they were ju- it was just sort of sort they of were, like they were a, trying to fly the around the world. And they're flying around? They okay. were trying to fly around the world. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah, and she is not she's not the first female pilot. She's so not explorers. Yeah. Not explorers. They were just trying to set a record for flying. Yeah. I mean and and by default they did go exploring. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> there you go. They discovered the Bermuda Triangle. Okay, then we have uh all we have left is Everest. We've reached the peak for yeah. a mountain day. We've saved the best. Nice. So you have the successful mission of Earth by journey. this point. You know, it's the 1950s. There's there's very little left to explore. Oh, there's point. space too, but we have a whole space episode, so we're not going to say anything about space because mm-hmm. you can go listen to our like the final frontier. Yeah, you can go listen to that space episode. Yeah, we and won't we'll, say anything. We've probably got an upcoming episode on the beat movement for you know exploring your own <laughs> the American, heart, your own brain, the American dream through the highways <laughs> of America and through through your brain on drugs. You can listen to the drug episode oh, yeah. if you want to learn about that kind of trip. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they right, they were close like it out with uh, with old Edmund yeah. Hillary. Well, no, Tenzing Nor Tenzing uh, Tenzing Norgay. 
who's the Sherpa, the awesome dude, who's, okay, so I think You this wrote is, his name is Norway. You're No, my autocorrect is like so Eurocentric. It hates, yeah, it hates. Okay. So, but this is what I love about Tenzing Norgay is like, yeah, look at that face. He's just like, yes. Also, he has the same, well, the same birthday as me. And that is also the day that they summited. So I will, like when you look up May 29th, Oh, he summited on his birthday. Yes, oh, that's, that's so why I love him. And I, when I went to see the the ever one of the Everest movies, and they like talk about him, and they talk about that, and I was like, oh my god, my birthday! I was like so excited. So yeah, I'll never forget. Yeah, they summited, and there were there was like another group that went with them, but that group was like, nah, it's too scary. And they were like, we're going to we're going to go up this other way. And they they call it the Hillary step because now that's like the more common way that you go. Um, since then, there have been a lot of dead body. A lot of people die. I do like how Hillary was smart enough. Edmund Hillary. He's like, I got to get like a local involved in this. And uh, yeah, Tenzing was probably like, oh, yeah, we go up there all the time. But sure, we're the first yeah. ones. <laughs> and you have to you have to acclimatize. Right? So you, you do a base camp and then you like hang out there and then you go up a little more and you do another camp so that you can like. Sure. So you have to time it. And then you also have to time it with like all the avalanches that are hap- happening on there and stuff like that. But people always like May, June is like when you want to go. Yeah, there's like a two month season when you can you have a chance to have good weather to get to the summit. Yeah. So uh, if you're a Nepali Indian Sherpa mountaineer, you're probably better acclimated to like the, the like low oxygen levels and everything else. And you're probably used to like, I don't know, traversing uh, mountains. Yeah. And you're awesome. Like, come on. So just, so like just in connection with Everest, which mm-hmm. is another, the 1996 disaster I want to talk about a little bit. This is like so juicy. These guys were not explorers. They're just wealthy people looking for adventure because they're bored with everything else in their lives. And John um, John Krakauer was like, I need yeah. to write, I need something to write about. I read that book, Into Thin Air. Yeah. Do you I think it was Ian, Ian Woodall is like the bad guy in the book. I'm pretty sure. I th- I read like parts of it. Yeah, there's definitely like one of the guys is very cocky, and he like won't right? let them use his like uh, oxygen or whatever. He's like, no, it's mine. But he also Ian this guy Ian this Ian figure. He so there's a uh, a lie really that you have to leave bodies there. You can't go back. Like there's this sort of like climber mentality. Like you just leave people and you don't go back for them if they're dying. Like you don't help them and like. A lot of people say that Ian like perpetuated that because he that that famous like body that's on there that's like a marker. It's like Jan or whatever. Mm-hmm. She, she's like, you know, they're like, take a left at Jan. And then the Hillary step is right there. She like Woodhall left her like him and his wife were climbing. And he is like, yeah, her last words were, please don't leave me. And he's like, we had to leave her. So, yes, famously, there are uh I think at this point they've cleaned up a lot of them, but there used to be like... Thanks to China. Did you know that? No. There used to be like hundreds of bodies littering like the top slopes of Everest. Like more. And tons and tons of trash too because... Oxygen tanks. You would just go like... Yeah, because you're not going to pack out. And the... Yeah, the explanation, I guess, that that Woodall like gave is that like you're... 
on the final ascent or whatever, like, you know, your final day or whatever to get to the peak and back or whatever, it's so dangerous that it's as if you were walking on a tightrope almost. And so any delay or pause or slowing down to help someone, you're risking your own life and you might die. What about the way down, though? So it's like, uh, it same applies. Well, okay. you're still not at like base camp or anywhere safe. True. You're still camping on the side of like a very unforgiving mountain in very low oxygen. Oh, yeah, because one of the ladies who died on that mission, I think she like was the oldest person to summit, but then she didn't make it down. Yeah, yeah and if anything goes slightly wrong, too, like because, right, if you run out of oxygen or your tank breaks or something, like you then start hallucinating and like you can't tie the specific knots you need or like do whatever physical research and like stuff you have to do. People have climbed without oxygen though. They have. So that, so his, he's a load of crap and we don't like him. And thank you, China, because China, they lead mission. Like, I don't know who in China, but like some Chinese like group leads these Everest things where the goal is not to go to the summit, but it's to clean up as much as you can so there, that's it's thanks to them that like the bodies count yeah. us down. This, I bit. mean, this is probably that's probably politically motivated because they've like occupied Tibet or whatever, and they're like, "See, we're taking care of this mountain because you guys can't." Mm. I mean, I can't Just find saying. I can't find <laughs> any other like I've read like countless articles on this, and I can't find like any article that says anyone other than them. Maybe they're cleaning it up. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're just like, yeah, because Tibet's part of Chinese territory. So I mean, okay, whatever. Like, I think that sucks that it had it, it had more than 100. It was like thousands of bodies, like every year on no, it. No, that's not. I think. No. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You're pulling a Henry Stanley Morton. But yeah, the body. Sorry, Henry Morton Stanley. <laughs> J.P. Morgan Chase. Exaggerating. But um, the, yeah, in 1996. Yeah, a lot of bodies. Don't go to Everest. You don't need to explore there. Go to space. Instead. Oh, they have they have a thing of the famous bodies on uh, on right. Everest. Well, we should wrap it up. We don't have to go through the bodies on Everest. We'll save that for the mountaineering. But episode. but yeah, and well, no, but this is Mountain Day. So yeah, in 1996, though, there was like a an avalanche, and there's a really cool. There's two really cool movies about it, and it's like it's so I love it. I don't know. You should watch like if you like that kind of thing, you should watch the movies because it's like really good. It's like live footage that they took, you know, and like. There's one lady who she has like a cough, so she doesn't want to go up the rest of the way. And she's like the only one who survives pretty much of like that group. Well, yeah, the safest way to climb a mountain is don't climb the mountain. And we did it's not. True. We have not in this uh, episode. Yeah, as you as you said, we didn't talk about space and we have not talked about deep sea exploration. Because we have a sea episode, so that, too. You should listen to our oceans our ocean, episode ocean, to hear about ocean. James Cameron, Jacques Cousteau. That wraps up our explorers. Who do you think was the best? Who's your fave of this episode? Who is your favorite? Do you have a favorite? I have to go look back. I personally really like Marco Polo. Oh, he's, shit. He's I'm sorry. He's on Silk Road, and he's a merchant. Uh, he's doing commerce. He loves and fine fabrics. Yeah, he's. I feel he was just a very open-minded Italian. This may turn out to be totally untrue. Someone's probably going to write to us and be like, here's what a monster Marco Polo was. Uh, in which case, I apologize, because I don't know enough about him to know how terrible he is. Loved, but loved water polo. He does strike me as... Uh, yeah, the kind of uh, explorer traveler you'd want to be. You learn about other cultures. You learn the languages. Uh, you know, he's engaging in commerce, consulting with him, meeting all these foreign dignitaries and having these receptions and writing about it. So, yeah, I think he's been my favorite of the episode. Oh, How about you? Oh, yeah, Tenzing, Tenzing Norgay, because we have, because he's awesome. You got to go look up his smile. He's like, 
Great smile. He's just like so happy. Yeah. Yeah. He uh he's just like it's me. And they also like a, you can look up his signature too. It's pretty it's pretty pretty amazing. Yeah, he's looking like a sort of Manny Pacquiao kind of look. Non non homophobic Manny Pacquiao. You know what? He okay. This he looks like my grand like my dad's dad. That's why like if yeah he looks like a young sort my grandfather. A Sicilian. <laughs> Yeah. No, N- Naples. We um, we're like the darkest Italians. Got it. And because it's Mountain Day, he's definitely my he's my pick. Yeah, Everest. If I wasn't an oh, aerialist, well, he saved Edmund Hillary's life. I didn't even know that. Yeah, specifically, he uh, he secured a rope with his ice axe uh, when Edmund Hillary fell into a crevasse. Yeah. So quick thinking, he was like. Yeah, in the Everest movie, they they have like they're like they say if you, f- they say if you fall into a crevasse, you'll end up in China. That's in the movie. Yes, it is. it's like one of the French ladies says. I I can like quote that movie. I love. I saw it so many times. Oh my god. You'll end up in China because they'll carry your your body out. No, when because you're picking up trash in yeah. twenty years. Is that what she's <laughs> That's what she meant. To? That's what yeah. she meant. That's so funny. Oh, great. She probably did. did <laughs> she, you? she probably did end up in China. <laughs> she did. Uh-huh. Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. You're like, it's not a series of tubes or slides. You're just going to be in a pit like in this mountain. Yeah, yeah. I think I think they meant like you'll you'll fall a long way. That sucks. Oh, my God. Falling down. That would suck. That's like the worst slide ever. Oh, my God. I don't know. You got mountaineering tools. That would be <laughs> so cool if you, if you came out at the bottom of the... <laughs> at the bottom of... Because there is like a Disney ride that's like the Everest. You know, you just... It, it is like a big slide and you come out at the bottom. Yeah, it's like <laughs> one of the Japanese game shows where you like... You like you slide all the way back to the bottom or whatever and have to like climb back up. Yeah. Yeah, it's most extreme elimination challenge. Exactly. Yeah, the boulder. The boulder challenge. <laughs> most extreme. That's what it is. Yeah. Run through a paper wall. But yeah, that's what I, that's all, that's everything, that's everything that I have. Right. Well, thank you. Thank you for taking this exploration of explorers with us this evening. Yes. This has been Question Block. Uh, we'll plug real quick our stuff coming up. Secret Loft has a comedy show this Friday, 8 p.m. That's all we got. Oh, I'm on, uh, I'm at the Slipper Room on Saturday if you want to come yeah. see me climb some mountains. In honor of Ariel at the Slipper Room, Secret Loft will be closed on Saturday because we're all going to the Slipper Room. Yay! you're there. Are you on the early show or the midnight show? The early. I think it's early. Early show, Just 9 come, p.m. Come early, stay late. Lower East Side Slipper Room. And we'll be there. And we'll be back next week at Question Block. So thanks for joining us, everybody, on the many different platforms we're on. If you're listening to yeah. our podcast on Spotify... Or um, iTunes, please leave us a five-star review. If you're watching us on YouTube, there is no review mechanism. Uh, give us yes, a thumbs is. up. Yeah, give us a thumbs up. And uh, comment uh, comment, and share with your friends. If you're watching this on Twitch, give us, what do you, bits. Give us bits and pay <laughs> Give us. us your bits. If you're watching us on Instagram, hit smash that like button. Yeah. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank I'll, you. Uh, I'll play us out with another run of Ain't No Mountain High Enough. That was a good, that was a great dance movement. You know, we had to sing that for our high school graduation. No. Yeah. Did you go to Howard University? <laughs> it feels like a very soul, soulful we song. We had a black music teacher. What? I, oh. 